Undecided podcast. My name is Tara, and I'm here with my co-host coming in remotely uh, from her Ottawa office, uh, Kate Reeve. <laughs> Say hi, Kate. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Ottawa is gloomy as usual. Nothing new to report from the capital. Okay, sweet. So uh, this week uh, our uh, topic is healthcare. But before we dive into that, we've got a few headlines to run through from the uh, from the week in Ontario politics. So the first headline is um, that the Ontario, the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario, and the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation. Whew, those are mouthfuls. They're basically teachers unions. They're filing unfair labor practice complaints with the Ontario. Labor Relations Board against the Ontario government. Um, they uh, have a bunch of complaints about how they were discriminated against. Uh, I'm not really going to get into this one right now because this is a part of a long-standing um, battle between um, teachers, unions, and the Ontario government over the last like over a decade. Um, and not that they're not legitimate, but we have a we're going to have a whole episode on education coming up. Um, so. If you want to learn more about that, um, there are uh, there's an article on CTV uh, and on uh, the National Post uh, that will explain those things to you. And we'll post that in our resources section on the um, on in the description. Um, the other kind of headline from this week is that um, housing sales are plunging uh, in the wake of tightening regulations around who qualifies for mortgages. So um, the federal government. I'm going to check this, but the federal government tightened um, regulations over who can like take out a mortgage. Um, so you have to like have a certain um, income to qualify for a certain mortgage, basically, to ensure that essentially people can pay them off and not go into like insane debt. Um, but that has made a lot of people uh, not buy homes and instead buy like smaller uh either not buy homes at all or like buy smaller real estate so like condominiums um so yeah those were kind of the two things that i found from news this week um it's also exam season so um the amount of effort i put into finding the news articles (laughs) for this week was not very large um also there's very like minimal breaking news in ontario it seems every week we have to really do a dig except for the Patrick Brown week. Yeah, that, that was, was a big week. That was fun. Um, yeah. Uh, shout out to that week. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing that is kind of like um, coming to, uh, it's not really news, it's more like an observation I've made, is that um, Doug Ford has like not really come out with any policy uh, as part of his platform. And um, he's like refused to participate in... Uh, a lot of debates um he's like mm-hmm. essentially spending a lot of his time like up north and like and campaigning which like uh you know is legit but it seems like he's also like playing this um the front runner my dad ca- the other day called it like the front runner campaign which is like he's just like trying not to like or not his aides at least are like trying to like keep him on the dl and just be like mm-hmm. you know like just like put him up in campaigning and not in front yeah. of the media and then um, and don't, like, make him say anything. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of been interesting to watch. Um, um, yeah. So so uh, I think we'll just move into the episode here. Um, uh, the topic for this week is healthcare. And I feel a bit bad because 
uh, even though health, uh, climate change uh, is like a very big millennial issue, like I know a lot of people our age feel like a lot of uh, anxiety about climate change. I feel like the like the topic of climate change is not that sexy, and I feel like this topic is also not that sexy. Um, so, but both are necessary for our lives to be lived. Yes, so. <laughs> yes. So we're, we're gonna try to keep this as brief as possible. One thing that I think is um, uh, like um a good thing or like uh commendable about this episode is that instead of talking to like a policy expert we went um on the floor uh, on the ground <laughs> we went on the floor we we crawled down to the floor no we went on the ground to talk to uh nurses um this episode um about healthcare and about um the merits but mostly the challenges that our system is f- facing um so I think like the there's a benefit in instead of talking to the people who are like playing the puppet master, um, you know, talking to the people that are uh, actually like living uh, and working in these systems that these policymakers uh, create and like throw money at. Yeah, for sure. Um, I talked to a nurse in Ottawa who um, grew up in my or I grew up in the same neighborhood as she raised her kids. So. Mm. Um, our families know each other. She's a great nurse and a great mom and just overall a wonderful person. And she told me a lot about how the government spending is allocated by hospital admin. So in talking to a nurse who actually goes to work every day in a clinic, and she's a cancer nurse, so she really sees how this shakes out for some of the most vulnerable patients, mm-hmm. um, it gives us a better understanding of what it actually means to be in a hospital, whether mm-hmm. as a patient or as a caretaker. Yeah, for sure. And um, I spoke to a nurse here in Toronto who has a very different, like, kind of, uh, like, uh, arrangement of her, like, work life than the nurse you spoke to. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, Kate's nurse, for example, like has a full 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 time work, um, like has a secure job. It's it's difficult. It's hard hard work what she does, but um, it's like a very different orientation than what uh, uh, the nurse that I spoke with has. She's a part time. She has part time work at two clinics, um, which makes it like a full eventually like a full time job. Um, but the, like she's hired part time there, so she doesn't have to get benefits um, or like jo- or um, you know, like, you know, like all the, like the security of having like a full-time job. Um, Mm -hmm. and something that she notes is like, there's like some issues with the way, uh, seniority works in the nurses association of Ontario. I think is that that's what their labor union is called. Um, that need that some of the, there's some kinks there that need to be worked out because there is, um, there's a responsibility on the part of the Ontario government to fix some of these issues. Like, um, both of our, both nurses we talked to talked about like how there's like going to be an infrastructure problem, not just now there already is. Um, and there's a work, there's like a staffing problem. Like they're constantly, these people are, uh, these, these places are understaffed, but mm-hmm. then there's also an infrastructure problem and there's going to, it's going to continue to grow because our, we have an aging population. Um, yeah. And like the majority, uh, like, you know, the baby boomers are getting older and they're going eventually to require uh, long term acute care that we don't have like the resources to offer them right now. Um, So that was something that um, kind of disturbed me a little bit. I have to be honest with you, um, because I've been so like 
on my high horse about our system, especially this, yeah. like these last couple years since Don- or year and a half since Donald Trump has been <laughs> in office. Like I'm so feeling so thankful for being in a country that you know like offers um, like healthcare as basically like a, a human right. Um, yeah. No, I definitely agree. It's a bit uh, like eye opening, but I also think it's really helpful for us to realize that kind of blanketing our experience versus. Um, the American experience isn't really that useful for us mm-hmm. because we have our own issues that we need to work through. Mm-hmm. And so we'll, we can leave it to the nurses to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we should probably mention what some of the parties are saying about healthcare in Ontario right now. Yes. So yeah. in terms of infrastructure, right, the Liberal government or the Kathleen Wynne's Liberals in Ontario have put in spending to increase the size of the Ottawa hospital and... Um, of one of the Toronto hospitals, I think it's Toronto Gen. So they're trying to make more room there. Um, if they get elected, they're going to take care of that. Um, but that's only two hospitals. It's um, also it's a it's billions of dollars. Uh, do you remember how much it's three hundred and? Yeah, it's Ottawa is getting one point eight billion, I think, and Toronto's getting two point one four, I think. Mm, yeah, and um, so like one thing, it, it, so. Uh, and part of what that you know money is supposed to do is fix this hallway medicine issue um, mm-hmm. that we're that we've like kind of been experiencing, which is hallway medicine is basically the culmination or the result of ha- not having enough rooms to put people in and not having enough beds. So they get beds and they put them in the hallway, and it's fucking insane. I, I saw yeah. it in an emergency room recently. Like, there's no privacy. Um, it's horrible. Um, so, like, it's obviously, like, a big problem that needs to be dealt with. Uh, mm-hmm. But, like, I'm, you know, I'm always interested to see, like, it's a, it's a big, it's a big um, spending project that they're doing to fix this. And I'm really interested to see how it works out because, like, if it works it's, out, it's really hard. Uh, or, sorry, yeah, how it, how it goes. is not, mm-hmm. not necessarily how it works out um, because, like, um, you know, like there's no way for like a normal like random person like me to like know if that is gonna be sufficient you know yeah and yeah and our nurses kind of again they kind of speak to what they think um hospitals need to improve on um but like Doug Ford has talked about trying to end hallway medicine again in super vague terms because it doesn't have a set platform yet but he's mentioned that his own mother had an experience with hallway medicine in a Toronto hospital and that seems to be a real personal issue for him so maybe Mm. we can hope to see something coming out of his campaign on that at the same time he stated that he wants to cut um a lot from Ontario's budget so Mm -hmm. that seems like a catch-22 yeah and there's gonna have to be uh like uh if he's gonna cut stuff there's going to have to be cuts to services and a big part of like our social spending goes to healthcare. so yeah Yeah. i don't know what you're going to do there yeah we'll see um what about the ndp tara what are they doing um the ndp have promised um dental care and pharmacare for everyone so pharmacare is um like pharma like any uh, drugs basically free drugs uh Mm -hmm. for everyone uh dental care for everyone uh kathleen win uh kathleen wins liberals have promised uh dental care for people that are not insured uh by their work already up to four hundred dollars a year and Mm -hmm. um pharmacare uh for people um that aren't also not covered by their insurance uh yeah if you're over 65 or under 25 you get it free but then if you're in between you get it if you're not covered by insurance workplace insurance yeah um so whereas andrew horvath wants it to be universal um Um, she also wants to cut wait times i think but again i'm sure she 
And she, and there, she also says that there's like she also wants to increase spending on mental health. But yeah. it's funny. It's interesting the way like um, Kathleen Wynne like there's been um, the the liberals uh, as a result of being in power and having to make a budget. They've mm-hmm. kind of they've kind of exposed themselves a lot more than these other parties have, right? Because yeah, these other parties sure. are kind of waiting for like election time to like come out, roll out their big platform things and like the mm-hmm. details. But the when government like necessarily has had to give their platform details, so that's real. I just that uh, that dynamic is really interesting to me. One thing I need to mention before we roll the tape is that. Mm-hmm. Um, your the nurse that Kate speaks with mentions cuts, and there actually haven't been cuts to healthcare st- spending in over two decades. That what it has been cuts to is the f- um, amount because every year they increase funding uh, on healthcare, uh, the Ontario mm-hmm. government, because uh, necessarily because of our aging population, right? Um, so it used to go up by six percent, and now it goes up by three percent. Um, and I'm not sure like how recently that started happening, but pretty recently. Um, so, um, so it's not like we've like, uh, yeah, I just want to make that clear. It's been, it's been cuts to increases. So they like the, the, the spending is still increasing and, uh, but it's not increasing as much. Um, okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, part of that is like, because they've put money into different areas that are supposed to support these things, but, uh, or support that. Um, spending cut uh, or increase cut, but um, obviously in most areas, in many areas, it hasn't been working in areas that really matter. So mm-hmm. um, I'll be interested to uh, see how that spending, um, what that does. Yeah. Um, do you think we covered everything that we need to talk about? I think so. All right. Let's bring in the nurses. Let's bring in the nurses. <laughs> My di- I'm a cancer nurse and um, I work at the Cancer Center in Ottawa, at the, the Ottawa Hospital. So the Ottawa Hospital is the Civic, Riverside, and the General. And they have a few satellite spots too. But my job as a nurse is right now working in a clinic, in the cancer clinic. So we see about four to 500 patients a day. So a nurse will uh, welcome the patient in for either a follow-up appointment or a consultation with the doctor. So. When the patient comes into your exam room, you assess them, see how they're doing, um, and ask them questions about you know their pain level, their eating, sleeping, all that kind of stuff, and you take a look at them and see how they're doing. And with a consultate, and that's about, you know, it takes you a, a couple of minutes at least, but the doctor then is only all- allocated 10 minutes to see that patient. Wow. That's not enough. No. <laughs> and our spiel with the patient is included in that 10 minutes oh my god so that first of all is not enough time a consultation depending on the doctor but some are 20 minutes long some are 30 minutes long Mm. and this is a patient that gets is getting told that you know you have cancer and um it, it takes more time than 20 minutes or 30 minutes so that impact is the timing is bad yeah, there's not enough time. So we need more staff for more clinic time. We need more doctors for more clinic time. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. It's, it's, there's not enough staff. Um, and this is in the clinic. So also there's things that nurses do on our day-to-day basis. We take calls from patients all day long. We have voicemails. Everybody has a voicemail. 
and you call patients that are not feeling well or that have challenges, they want to find out results, all that kind of thing. So on top of a, a packed clinic schedule from eight till five, there's calls to do to patients. So there's really minimal time to do that and to prepare for your clinic. Um, a lot of times there's not enough time to prepare for your clinic. So preparing for a clinic means going into the different various computer systems and finding out what's been going on with the patient and see if, um, you know, their tests have been done, their blood work has been done, and everything's ready to go to see the doctor. Mm -hmm. So there's nurses that have retired and they're not replacing them. Mm. So we have had, usually have some time for clinic preparation time, like maybe three or four hours in a day, like a couple times a week. That's been totally cut out because they're not re-replacing the nurses that are leaving. Um, So that's a big thing. I'm going to talk about the floor now mm-hmm. in terms of floor nursing because I just finished that last year. So I worked there on the on a cancer floor for five years and it's really bad. It's um, There's four critical patients that you have because when the patients are in hospital, they're super sick because mm-hmm. usually they come in, they go out. Or in the clinics, we see cancer patients and then they go home right away, like mm-hmm. they're fine. So the patients that end up in the hospital are super sick. So as a nurse on a, on a floor, you have four people that you're in charge of and caring for. And that's a too many. Mm-hmm. When I started five years ago, it usually was three mm-hmm. patients. Um, and they're getting chemotherapy and it's intense and they're sick. Um, so they've, now you have four for sure. There was also a position on the floors where there was a, it's called a clinical nurse expert. So it was someone that was there f- to help you and support you. Like if you are hanging chemotherapy and you have to double check it and triple check it and stuff, and it's pretty involved, you always had somebody that you could rely on for help, one extra person for like a unit of 30 patients. Mm-hmm. That's gone. Um, at nighttime, so in the nights, they've cut a nurse from their night shift and hired um, a support worker, like someone to help bathe people and get them in and out of bed and stuff. So you're still... Um, caring for a lot of patients even though it's six it's six or seven I think it's seven at night that Mm. you care for and you know patients are sick all night so I mean some do sleep for sure but there's medication and there's IVs all night and there's there's getting up going to the bathroom and all that kind of stuff too so on the floors it's kind of it's bad on Mm. the floors yeah so the overcrowding issue um in emergency you heard emergency is always crowded but I'll tell you the problem is on the floors and in the hospital I don't know at the at the general how what's our capacity but it's we're always at over capacity mm-hmm. so there's people always in the halls always in emergency waiting for a bed because there are people in the hospital that aren't getting discharged out mm-hmm. to the community so um and the problem is um is social work and uh, physiotherapy and occupational therapy, all these three major services have been cut. Mm-hmm. So not cut entirely, but their hours have been cut. So on the floor that I used to work on, a social worker would have a full day of um, probably in charge of half that unit and another social worker for half the other unit. So we would need to get patients out to the community, to retirement homes, back to their own homes, with the support of um, a community care nurse. Um, But they can't get people out fast enough. 
because there's only one person and their time has been cut in half. Mm. And the physiotherapists are needing to rehabilitate these people to get them well enough to go home and their hours have been cut. Mm. So like major real problem is social work and physiotherapy and they're cutting those people but those are the people that we need more of to then free up the beds find people places to go get them the resources they need get them out and move someone in from emergency to come into that Mm -hmm. to come into that bed so that's a really big problem Um, and that can only be fixed with more funding from the government yeah so funding from the government i don't exactly know how it works but i know they give us a budget Mm-hmm. Um, they give the Ottawa Hospital a budget, and then the administration really decides where that money goes. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a problem because the money's going to different initiatives for uh, special projects, for computer systems. Like we've they've revamped our computer system uh, three times in the past two years wow. because it's not working, and they have special teams doing that. Um, there's something called transformation that they're working on, like basically cutting nursing, I think is what it's boiling down to. Patients are going to come, there's going to be a number, they go into a room, like it's very... Like a deli, like you pull a number? (laughs) Mechanical, yeah. Wow. It's called the EPIC system. So (laughs) EPIC is coming, that's another, again, another big, like couple million dollar project. Mm Mm-hmm changing all the computers again where patients are going to come they're going to see their number and they're going to go to the room and then the doctor will come in so the nurses it looks like it's getting eliminated wow for patients who are kind of healthy so i don't know how that's going to work it's going to be a disaster mm-hmm. um oh one other thing i wanted to tell you was in cancer care ontario they have a mandate so there's cancer care ontario and the government work together because when a patient gets cancer, they need to be referred and seen within two weeks. So they have patients need to be seen within two weeks. They've just had a cancer diagnosed super serious. Um, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But they come within two weeks. But the pre-testing and stuff's not done that the doctors need to make a oh. full diagnosis. So then they come... And we don't have the MRI done yet or the CT scan. We don't have, they've done a biopsy, but we don't have the lab work back to see the pathology. So the patient comes in, great, they're here within two weeks. They get to see the doctor, but the doctor doesn't have the information that they need. So it's a waste of time. How do you fix that? I I don't know. Um, Within two weeks is not an appropriate time, I guess. Mm -hmm. But when you have cancer, yes, you want to get it dealt with right away. Yeah. But then there's what about ct scan and mris all those they're packed mm. months away they're packed with patients okay. so to have more money for for imaging more money for the techs to hire mm. at the hospital at the general we need more space yeah if we need if in the cancer center we need actually physical space and then doctors to fill those rooms Mm-mm. to see patients yeah i guess more just more money for i'm gonna say the little people in in the Ottawa hospital, apparently, and I don't know this for sure, somebody just told me this, we have the most management or administrators per the number of staff. Like we have the mm. most administration. So we're top heavy. It's too right. top heavy. It's too many managers for this and that and this and that. And then that's where the money's going. And these special initiatives for computers and I don't know, transformation. Mm-hmm. It seems like all that stuff really hurts patients' ability to get proper diagnosis and treatment. 
proper diagnosis and then proper care too, mm-hmm. like on the floor. They're not getting the care that they need. You don't have time in your day to sit and talk and see how the patient's doing. Mm-hmm. You're doing all your tasks or one person's super sick and you're with them all the time and your other three you're totally ignoring. Right. It's really bad. And if you have cancer, you want to be sitting and talking to someone, right? Mm-hmm. You want to have a real relationship with who's taking care of you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's actually really, it's a really hard time for mm-hmm. healthcare. Um, and people burn out, right? So yeah. these nurses that I used to work with, even though they're young, or some of them were young, some of them were old, others that, that just had it, like the increased workload and the patients and, and the stress that they're under caring for people, mm-hmm. it's too much. So they end up calling in sick or going on sick leave. Right. And then other people have to step in for them. And then they're, now we're paying out overtime. Mm-hmm. To, that's another problem. The amount of overtime people, are, like nurses are getting, is expensive. But it's because other nurses have, have gone out on stress leave or they're burnt out like this year we had no new equipment no new blood pressure machines like oh it's my just God. it's so weird like where where's the money yeah that's crazy it's crazy everyone uh, always talks about how like amazing canada's healthcare system is and i guess in some ways it, it is great like yeah. we have OEP and all this stuff yes it is but to not even have the proper equipment you need that seems yes yeah. yeah it's it's all budget it's, every floor gets yeah. a certain budget for things and the clinics do for sure and the clinic's huge like we have um four different modules seeing mm-hmm. as I said like four or five hundred patients a day it's super busy down there and the cancer keeps increasing and growing there's so much of it but I'll tell you I had one patient's son who uh, his mom was in the Montfort mm-hmm. so not even at our hospital I'm taking this call it took me half an hour on the phone with his son it's very frustrating because the son lived in Montreal and he's like what are you doing for my mom mm-hmm. and I said your mom's at a hospital and she's getting taken care of there I know she's a cancer patient, but he w- I'm like, she's going to be in rehab, and then you're going to have to find a place for her. He's like, no, 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 that's not my job, that's your job. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I'm really sorry, sir, but mm-hmm. this is your mom. When she's going to be discharged from hospital, she either needs to go home, or you need to find her a place, a retirement home. And it, it costs money, it's expensive. He's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't have that kind of money. I'm like, well, then you're going to have to make arrangements or do something. He's like, no, no, you are going to have to. So I was, he was arguing, saying it's our job to wow. find a place for this, his mom. So I guess patients and families, maybe they have that mentality that in Canada it is such a great healthcare system that uh, we can take care of everybody. But mm-hmm. the reality is there's an aging population and they need places to go. So we need more retirement places that are funded or help subsidized. We need more mm-hmm. retirement places for these people because they can't go home. some people can't go home or don't right. have some people don't have family they're an exception mm-hmm. but it's a challenge to get patients out of the hospital to make room for the other needed critical patients that are acutely ill that need to come in mm-hmm. it's bad and they take up a bed right so a, a typical hospital bed i think is about two thousand dollars a day oh my god for somebody in a normal hospital mm-hmm. and then icu is like 10 grand a day wow okay Let's just wrap up. Um, can you tell me why you wanted to become a nurse? Like why you keep nursing? Oh, to help people. Yeah, you really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really rewarding. Um, yeah, I didn't really picture myself being anything else. Just to help others and to, to get them through a stressful time and 
being sick and ill is difficult when you're when you have family support and it's just you're so it's so needed nursing is a great profession and really Mm -hmm. really rewarding yeah that's it so um tell me like the nature of your job like what is the makeup of your nursing job you have two right Yes, I have two. So one, I work at a private cosmetic clinic, and the other, I work at a rehab hospital. So the cosmetic clinic... um, It's privately owned. Privately owned, so it basically runs on mall hours, so it's more flexible that kind of way. On what hours? Mall hours. Oh, mall hours. Yeah, because it's in a mall. It's in a mall. So it runs on mall hours, um, and people, our clientele that usually comes are people who actually have money to pay for the services, Mm -hmm. generally most of the time, versus my other place that I work which is a rehab hospital and there we get a variety of patients mm-hmm. um, give per- I usually work evenings so it's more so of getting everybody ready for bed generally I have seven to eight patients mm-hmm. but also as an RN you have more responsibility so you are kind of overlooking everything to make sure everything's running smoothly generally I do believe we have resources that we need but the only thing is I feel like um, patient load could be a little bit lighter per nurse because Mm -hmm. I also feel like the quality of care and being a nurse like you provide holistic care so you Mm want to be able to give passionate care and be able to interact with families but that time gets shortened because we have so many patients Mm -hmm. per per nurse right um for typically i have about eight patients and sometimes we have independent patients that we don't even really they're on their own and they can get themselves ready for bed but oftentimes we have patients that are total care so from feeding to getting them dressed we're helping them and it kind of shortens the time per patient just to ensure that we get everything done on time Mm -hmm. which i also don't feel is fair to the patient because i can't provide the best quality of care because it seems more rushed right because it's okay this time everyone has medications due at a certain time that's like eight patients that have medications done at bedtime Mm -hmm. and And you have like a certain like kind of limited time per patient so that you can get all the patients done in the time that you're supposed to be there you you said you told me earlier that like you often don't take a lunch break yes sometimes days that are super super busy and super chaotic um we're entitled to a break but sometimes because of the nature of the job you really can't take a break because it's so busy and you want to make sure you're getting everything done on time right oftentimes even so to stay back we stay back and chart so uh an eight hour day or a 12 hour day turns into a nine hour or a 12 um, 13 hour day instead right because you're staying back to ensure that you're charting everything that you can because the day was so busy right but that's illegal like not not having like a like a lunch break or like a you have a half hour to every four hour shift that you work I think right um in Ontario so would you say that that kind of issue could be fixed with like like more staff yes I do think it would be fixed with more staffing um in my job's defense, they do tell us and they do tell us to take breaks, but sometimes it's just so busy that mm-hmm. I would give up my break because I want to ensure that I can provide care for my patients. Yeah, yeah. But that's like, it's not like the rehab center's fault. Like, yeah. that's, they just have like a budget, yeah. right? Yeah. As a young voter, what would you be looking for broadly in um, a healthcare platform from, a, from the provincial parties in June? Honestly, I would hope that someone that can stand up for us that would get more nurses able to so the client 
patient and nurse ratio be a lot a lot less than what it is now right just so we can provide that holistic mm -hmm. care we can interact with the families because I do feel like that is an important part of nursing where you get to interact personally with the patient you get to interact with the family yeah and give them the best kind of quality of care especially with our aging population and knowing that there's mm. going to be so many mm. more people in the hospitals especially with all the acute and um, chronic issues that a lot of our aged population is having right we know that there's going to be an influx of patients in the hospital so if they could somehow <laughs> get us more nurses yeah it would be great yeah so all the baby boomers are retiring which means that there's going to be so many more patients in hospitals, but where are you going to go? What I found about nursing now is that it's such a high turnover rate. It's not even necessarily like someone is fully healed. It's, oh, you can stand on your own for a bit. Here, Bye. Next person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Kate, we've heard from a Toronto nurse. We've heard from an Ottawa nurse. We've heard from mm -hmm. a nurse that has a full-time job and a part-time job. Or, yep. Sorry, and two part-time jobs. Um what is this an election issue for you a and b what does where does this leave you on on the range of political on the spectrum mm -hmm. um well yeah it's definitely an election issue for me um after having spoken to the nurse that i did i was really um i was upset to see that our system which i thought was so holistic and kind of compassionate mm. is leaving a lot of people out by cutting um, or reducing the increases in spending that are possible for non-direct nurse practitioners. So like reducing physiotherapist hours and reducing mm. social workers hours and seeing how that plays out in communities, which like she said, leads to higher wait times and hallway medicine and all this stuff. So it ends up costing them. Connected. It, it also ends up costing like, yeah, it ends up costing more anyway, which is yeah. insane. Exactly. So that was surprising. Like we said at the beginning, um, Major election issue, again, because of the pharma and the dental care that the NDP talk about, that makes me more inclined to like them, but they haven't really given us a plan for how they're going to concretely tackle the issues that the nurses talked about, so mm -hmm. I'm kind of waiting for that. Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, yeah, like, basically, exactly the same answer. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I find that, like, I'm really interested... I'm really interested in this dynamic of like of the way that Doug Ford has changed the election race completely because yeah. we, we had like Patrick Brown in many ways had like a very moderate conservative platform that I mm -hmm. think a lot of people could get behind a lot of liberals yeah. a lot of even left-leaning people might get behind if they really hated Kathleen Wynne and they were trying mm -hmm. to like vote strategically um so um yeah, like the way that Doug Ford has changed this race completely is really interesting to me because like I, I, I don't even I won't even mention like it's obvious, like given my political like how I think a place a, like a state or a province mm -hmm. or a country should be run. It's obvious that I have no like this like his his ideology or his like opinions like completely don't align with mine. So like I won't even pay lip service to I wouldn't for this part of his platform, I would not even pay lip service to it because like obviously mm -hmm. I think that we need more spending on uh, healthcare and uh I have I have no confidence that he would um be able to implement that. Um um yeah, uh I I have to say like Bernie Sanders came here and talked to Daniel Martin at the Women's College Hospital and there was this whole like media event about how he how like our, you know, our healthcare system is great and he was trying to show that like, you know, um single payer or like single payer healthcare or like universal healthcare like works. Um yeah. 
and like to your point earlier like you know the buck shouldn't stop short at mm-hmm. universal health care there should be a quality of care a holistic yeah. care you know um we shouldn't give 10 minutes to tell people that they have cancer that's insane mm-hmm. that's insane yeah. so um yeah i'll be interested to see um uh i'll be interested to see if this spending increase is implemented how that affects the system and um and who people end up uh um, giving their confidence to uh, in June based on um, like the platforms on healthcare that we've seen. Cool. All right. Well, uh, that's uh, that's it for episode five. I can't believe we made it this far. <laughs> um, so uh, follow us on Instagram. We're at we're at Undecided Podcast on Twitter. Undecided underscore Pod. Lead us a rating on iTunes. That helps get the word out. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Say hello. Say hello. Fasca, see you.